Amen. Good to see everybody here today. Can we just put our hands together and give God a cheer one more time? Amen. How many can say amen that God's got you? Amen. This morning. How many know God's going to take care of you? Look at somebody say, God's got you. Amen. Come on, if God can feed 3 million people by making it rain food, 5,000 people by fish sandwiches, amen, and just take care of every blade of grass, I think he's got you, amen? Amen. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. It's good to see everybody here today. You can turn on the, our sermon lights. I don't know what to call them. House lights, whatever we do. Amen. I'm just, that's, that's courtesy for somebody that's getting a little bit older. Uh, that's all that is. If there's somebody all younger, then they'd keep it all dark. Anyways, amen. Aren't you glad for what the Lord's doing? How many can just lift your hand to heaven and say, man, God's doing something in my life. I know he's working in my life and uh, doing some amazing things. We want to thank everybody for being here today. Got some, uh, some friends, out-of-town guests, and just welcome you. And uh, those of you joining us online, maybe you're just uh, vacationing with your family or just not feeling well, but you're joining us. We just want to say a great big God bless you and uh, we just hope that um, God moves in your life. You know, if you're sick in your body, we believe in healing. How many know that this church believes in divine healing? Amen? Amen. I should have said something when, right before they cut the lights on. That would have been really powerful and amazing. Super anointed, but I missed it. Amen. But how many believe God is a healer? Amen. We believe that in this church. And we believe that. So whatever you're going through, whatever sickness is in your body, we believe that the Lord is our healer. Amen. And so that our heart is and our desire is that this morning that you really receive from the Lord. Amen. You know, it's important. A lot of people that, of course, you're joining us online. We don't do the announcements online. Uh, as far as we don't say them, we post them. But, uh, you know, it's, it's important to listen to the announcements. How many know when they're going on? Sometimes you're, you know, with, you know, messing with your phone or whatever, and you don't hear them right and everything. And so this morning when Anthony said that we gave over almost 1,000 containers of Play-Doh, I kind of misunderstood and thought that he needed 1,000 containers of Play-Doh for his kids. You know, so I get a little misunderstood. I've been to his house. They probably have several hundred. And uh, how many have ever been there with your kids? you got, like, a couple thousand piece of Legos laying around, you know, Play-Dohs. How many remember that? And that's just the way it is. So anyways, I want to encourage you also uh, really to get connected with the connect groups this summer. Um, we, we did last year. My wife and I had the privilege of kind of showing up to a couple and uh, just amazing. We met new people and, and uh, met a lot of people in the community and we we're able to really just have a great time. And uh, I don't know about you, but I think half of them are what food. Is that right? They're, most of them are food. That should excite anybody. I mean, every Christian, free food. I mean, every Christian is about free food. And so I think that should be, you know, you hit up, you know, barbecued Anthony's house, dessert at whoever else's house, and then, you know, take a break, shoot archery, and then head over to whatever their name is for coffee. So, you know, you could do it all. And so that's what we want to do. But our connect groups really, uh, if you have need information, it's all online, but, um, you know, really it's about fellowship and just bonding together. And, and uh, it's a great thing. It's a great time. So I would encourage you to get involved with that as well. Amen. So I just wanted to continue on um, really our series uh, on generosity. And we talked about generosity, the spirit of God last week. And we talked about how kind God is and how good he is and the principles that God operates on on generosity. And uh, how many believe that that's his nature? Amen. That's his spirit. And uh, someone believe that God is mean and he needed Jesus to make him nice. And somehow Jesus is just allows him enough you know, generosity there to extend to the human race until he withholds his anger from everybody and we're all going to get a spanking in the end. But how many, 
How many believe that God's nature never changes? And if God's good one time, He's good all the time, He's kind. That's who He is. He's good. He, he you know, sent His Son to die on the cross to give us a free gift of salvation. How many know that's generous? He didn't have to. That's kind. He didn't have to. We didn't deserve it. And, and Jesus died knowing that we would never, possibly never pay Him back. Or never even love Him or receive Him. And so how many know that's kind? Isn't it? How many believe that the Spirit of God is generosity? There's, there's this generous spirit about the Lord and kindness about the Lord. And so this morning I want to talk to you about that really generosity is the spirit of the church. Generosity is, should be the spirit of every church. Every believer should move in generosity because you've been, giving, been given a generous gift. And the Bible says if you've gotten something for free, you need to give it away for free. And every Christian needs to understand that as we need to operate in that spirit of generosity. Why? Because it's the spirit of God, right? It's the spirit of, of the Lord. And so, uh, you know, a lot of Christians, that's a revelation. They, they feel that they're anointed to, to, to condemn everybody and, and be the, the, the world's biggest judge. And I, I feel like, you know, God's balanced, isn't he? How I many you know God has judgments and God has, uh, you know, statues, the Bible says, and God has barriers and, and standards, but it all operates under love. Amen. And so I believe that the church needs to move in the spirit of generosity. Amen. And so uh, especially in this day, in this age, and in the time that we're living in, I believe that we've seen a lot in the church, but I believe that really God wants us to express His generosity to the world. Amen. His kindness to the world. <laughs> Many people think, well, let God love people. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to beat them up. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give them both. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to really hammer them. But how many know God wants us to show his love to the world? Because how is the world going to know that God so loved the world without us telling the world that God so loves them? Amen. Romans chapter 10 says, how are people going to believe unless they hear? How are they going to hear without people talking about it? Amen. And so we want to do that. I want to just show you a couple things this morning about the spirit of generosity in the church. And we're going to go back to Deuteronomy chapter 15. I've got a few scriptures to read. I want to bring something out about this scripture, a couple things. And then I want to talk about another scripture. But I've got a couple of scriptures, so if you'll just uh, click on your device or turn in your Bible to Deuteronomy chapter 15, I'm going to start in verse 7, and I'm reading out of the NIV. Um, we do have uh, scriptures above, behind me, hopefully they work out, and uh, so if you didn't bring anything today, you can follow along that way. Anyways, Deuteronomy chapter 15, and this is of course in the Old Testament, I, need, I can't go into it, but God really giving the regulations and His standards and his principles and structures about how he wants his people to live in the land. In 15, uh, uh, verse 7, sorry, of chapter 15, it says, If anyone is poor among you, your fellow Israelites, in any of the towns of the land of the Lord uh, is giving you, or the promised land, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Verse 8, rather be open-handed and freely lend them whatever they need. Jump to verse 10. Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and everything you put your hand to. Verse 11, there will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward the, your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. I want to point a few things out in this verse. In verse 4, which I didn't read, it says this, a few verses before, it says in verse 4, he opens up and says, There should be no poor among you. 
There should be no poor among you, for the Lord your God will greatly bless you in the land he's giving you as a special possession. So in other words, possession, there shall never, it shouldn't be anybody poor among you because the way God's going to bless you. If you operate in the principles of God, the way that God tells you to do it, nobody should lack around you or among you. That's what he's saying. And notice also in verse 6, he says this, that you're going to lend money to other nations. You're not going to need to borrow. How many know if we operate according to what God has in mind and His principles, we will be blessed? But how many believe that blessings are never to stop at you? Just like grace is never meant to stop at you. <laughs> Hello? The love of God was never meant to stop with just you. Amen? How many know it's to flow from you to other people? Can anybody say amen? Right? And, but here's the key in verse 5, and we won't go into this, but in verse 5, I just want to give you a key if you take notes. He said this in verse 5, If only you fully obey the Lord your God and caref- be careful to follow all these commands I am giving you today. How many know that's key, right? you got to do it wholeheartedly. But notice what he said, all these commands I'm giving you today. These were not suggestions. These were not for people who had money. These were for everybody. This was for everybody. The spirit of generosity needs to be moving among every family, every member who calls themselves the people of God. That's what he was saying. This is what you're supposed to do in the land I'm sending you to. You're not supposed to take from people. You're actually supposed to give to people. How many know generosity is all about giving? Aren't you glad that God gave us what we didn't deserve? Amen. But Exodus chapter 35 goes in and it talks about how that the Israelites were willingly and generously giving the materials and time needed to build the tabernacle. They did it in the tabernacle of David in Solomon's temple. They did it. They were to freely offer and give offerings out of their heart to what God was doing so that God could come and dwell among them. Amen? How many believe that was generous? So God said, I want you to do it willingly. I want you to do it generously and give. And that's the principles of giving that we, a lot of those principles that we get today that we live by back in the Old Testament. And then move a little bit further in the Bible and you'll see in Malachi that giving is one of the things that God says that that's how you should test Him. Test me in giving. Prove me. You know, give, and I'll show you, I'll open the windows of heaven. You won't be able to handle what I'm going to give you if you'll give to me. How many believe in the principles of giving? Amen? You believe in the principles of giving, uh, God? And move a little bit further, and you'll see in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, as the church got, um, you know, we, we call it got started, it really didn't, but as the church came together and the Holy Ghost fell, the Bible says the church pulled the resources together and they met every need they could among them. How many know that's generosity? Anybody? That's generosity, isn't it? Acts chapter 11, it says that the Spirit of the Lord revealed that there was going to be a great recession in a particular area and a particular region. And so the Bible says they got together and they sent resources to those areas so that the need would be met before they had a need. That they would be stocked up, they'd be ready to go. And how many know that's generous? How many know the Spirit of the Lord speaks and He understands, even if you've got resources, you need to give to other people because they're going to be in trouble someday. Amen. Philippians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, Paul said uh, to the church there that they were the only church that helped Paul. They were the only church that supported him. And he, and, he, and he greatly thanked God for them. And he gave, and they gave them things that he needed when he was on his journey. And like food and shelter and maybe, maybe some Bibles to hand out. I don't know what they gave him. But the Bible says he had everything he needed because of this generous church. Let me read you another scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I love this. We're going to take a little time and read this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I'm going to 
just flash up one verse out of it. I love it. I'm going to read a couple verses. Starting in verse 1, Paul says, And now, brothers and sisters, we want to tell you what God's grace has done in the churches in Macedonia. He's given a testimony. Hey, look, I'm going to brag on some churches. This is what happened. These believers have been tested by great troubles, and they're very poor. But their great joy caused them to be very generous in their giving. Verse 3, I can tell you that they gave as much as they were able and even more than they could afford. No one told them to do this. This was their idea. Verse 4, but they asked us again and again. They begged us to let them share in the service for God's people. Verse 5, I love this. And they gave in a way that we did not expect. How many of that's generosity? They gave themselves to the Lord and to us before they gave their money. This is what God wants. I mean, no, God wants a generous spirit. And thank God, I'm not talking about money. You know, if, you, if you've known me for the last four years, I haven't begged for money. We don't, we don't make, you know, we don't take four or five offerings. We don't go and count it and come back and say it's not enough and we need to take more offerings. How many know? Because we know God's going to provide. And we also know this, that this is a very giving people, very generous church. In fact, I want to take a few moments to just... Thank everybody for really being generous to my wife and I these last four years, our first four years of pastoring really, that you really opened your heart to us and, you've, and really supported what we felt God was saying and doing. And so this is a generous church and we love this church because of that. I've seen people give that can't afford it. I've heard of people giving over and above and people who remain anonymous have given and sacrificed. We, we thank you so much for that. And that's what Paul was saying. You, you went above and beyond. You, you didn't just... You know, give what was needed. Nobody had to beg you. This was this is the generous spirit that was in the church. How many believe what I'm talking about, right? Amen. This is what the generous spirit was in the church. The spirit that was in the church or among the people of God was a spirit of generosity. And God wants us to flow in the spirit today. I said God wants us to flow in this spirit today. The spirit of generosity, amen, in our day. And so let's look at how generosity was really flowing, especially in the book of Acts. First of all, you have to understand that, that when you look at the book of Acts and you look at, maybe go back to Deuteronomy and then compare it to the book of Acts, God has always and will always build and operate according to His purposes, according to His design and according to His body, the way that He designed it. How many know we're the body of Christ? Amen? And God just doesn't say, look, just kind of get together and do what you want and make it up as you go and then we'll meet in heaven someday. No, the Bible makes it clear that the Holy Spirit's going to lead us and guide us in a way that God already has for us. There's a way that God is building the church. There's a way and a design that God wants us to operate. How many believe that there's a spirit that needs to be in every church? And that's a spirit of generosity. Not a spirit of judgmental and criticism and division. Not a spirit of, of, of contention, but a spirit of generosity. That needs to be in every church because that's the spirit of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the spirit that Jesus is building the church by. The spirit of giving, the spirit of kindness, the spirit of generosity. Amen. And so we look at how God builds the church. But, you know, when we look for a pattern of, like, you know, church structure and function, how many know we always tend to look at the book of Acts? But you know, back then they didn't have the book of Acts already written. Amen. So what did they look to? They looked to Jesus. Paul always looked back and he went back to Jesus' ministry, didn't he? He always referred to Jesus' ministry. And what did Jesus go by? He didn't go by the book of Acts. It hadn't been written yet. Jesus went by the pattern that God had in the Old Testament. Amen? And so Jesus operated and functioned out of these patterns and principles that God had from the very beginning 
for the people of God. Amen. And so we see this, that even in the Old Testament, they were called the church in the wilderness. And God refers to uh, what we would call His people and, and believers and back then as the church in the wilderness. And Jesus said that He was building His church. And I believe that if Jesus is building His church, He's going to use the same principles, the same structure that God has used all along. I mean, you know, and so it's a spirit of giving. It's a spirit of generosity. It's a spirit of kindness. It's, and we say, well, we, we've got to speak the truth in love, and, and the truth hurts, and we've, you know, we've, we're people that, you know, we got the sword of the Spirit, and we're going to attack the devil, and we're going to... I mean, I believe in all that. But how many know we have to do it in a generous spirit? We've got to do it in a kind spirit, in a loving spirit and attitude. Jesus looked at the disciples one day when they wanted to call fire down heaven on the Samaritans, and He said, you don't know what spirit you're operating in. Wasn't a spirit of generosity. Wasn't a spirit of love. Wasn't a spirit that Jesus operated in. He said, that's a human spirit. That's a human emotion. Come on, somebody. Amen. And how many know generosity goes above and beyond human emotion? It's something that God puts in our heart. It's something that God has already done. You know, Christians are the only one who really understands the love of God, right? So we understand what God has done for us. And so we also understand what God wants us to do for other people. Amen. Hope that makes sense. And so in the book of Acts, we see that there was this, not just generosity, and there's this generous spirit and the spirit of giving. There was radical generosity. This was crazy. It was like they gave not just their love, but their livelihoods, and eventually they gave their life for the mission of Jesus. How many know that's generous? How many know when you want to give your life away, that's, that's kind? Amen? That's generous. That takes another spirit, doesn't it? Doesn't it take somebody who's like, yeah, I'll die for this person? How many know most of us just won't die for anybody? <laughs> Right? It has to be on TV, televised, it has to be in the, and everything has to be the very famous and rich person, and, and then it has to be done in a very, very humane way, in a very, you know, come on. Jesus said, I'll die for you. Amen. And I love that about the Spirit of the Lord. And so, really, as we see in the, in the church, in the book of Acts, we see that the Spirit of the church is freely giving an open hand ministry. That's what it was in the book of Acts. And I believe that we want to pattern our church after that. How many want to pattern your life after that? You want to pattern your life after what the early church had. They had not just generous, but they had unity. And they were very powerful. The church in, in the book of Acts that we see that God brought together, it, they were very powerful, weren't they? I mean, people didn't want to be around them too much. They felt uncomfortable around them. Come on, the Bible says that when Paul began to preach, the whole city was moved. <laughs> The whole city came out to hear the word of, the, of God at one point, And then another point, the whole city came out to stone them. I mean, no, the, the gospel has a way of changing people and moving people in a direction that may not even control, right? But that's generosity, and that's what we see in the book of Acts, that it was just the freely giving and this open-hand ministry that they had that made them so powerful. See, they both possessed the blessings of the Lord and the generosity of God. That's the spirit of the church. Amen? Many people want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. I want to be healthy. I want to, be, I want to, have, you know, I want to have wealth. I want to be blessed. But how many know it's about being both blessed and generous? And so I believe that if we practice more of the love of God, we'll see more of the Spirit of God. Hello. <laughs> no, I, I believe if we practice the power of God, then we'll see more of the love of God. No, that's reverse. According to Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, it starts with love. It starts with the love of God, the compassion. The Bible says that Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion, and he healed everybody. How I many it starts that way? So the more of the love of God we see, I believe in the church, that the more of the Spirit of God we'll see in the church. Amen. 
And I like this quote from somebody, two of them, I'll give you, is that the more the church bonds in the common mission, the more others want to come and be a part of the excitement. I love this quote from Vody Botchman, and um, just a great guy and, 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 and tremendous speaker. He said this, he said, The gospel is about much more than how we get saved and go to heaven. The gospel is about the work of Christ saturating every aspect of our lives. Amen. And we see that in the book of Acts, that the gospel of Jesus Christ, the mission of Jesus, saturated every aspect of the life to the place that they just gave stuff away. They met needs around them. There was a spirit of generosity. There wasn't a selfish spirit. There wasn't an independent spirit. Come on, somebody. There wasn't a judgmental spirit, condemning spirit. There was a spirit of the Lord among them. Amen. And sadly enough, over the last hundred years, we've had to deal with some things that really hindered this, this principle in the church. We've had to deal with this poverty theology, and we've had to deal with this prosperity theology. But I believe that God's saying now, it's a day and the time. Get away from those things and come back to the true function and structure of the church, which is generosity. To be blessed and generous. To be humble and generous. Amen. See, that poverty theology and prosperity theology really is over the years we've seen it shift and change the church. Is it was kind of this theology that preached that holiness comes by poverty and suffering. That you, you viewed your sanctification process through suffering and needlessly uh, uh, suffering. And that, you know, the more you suffered, the closer you were to God. The more holy you were, the more humble you were. How many know that's, that's not necessarily the principles of generosity of the Spirit of God? And, and so we, we preached that, and we preached that the more poor you were, and people love to really see this principle lived out, especially in pastors' lives. The, more, the poorer he was, the closer he was to God. Amen. No, the closer he was to, you know, the, the soup kitchens. <laughs> anyways, anyways. So, but then we talked about, you know, we, over the years we talked about the prosperity theology, which basically said that the blessings come through wealth. Blessings come, Jesus wants you to be rich. Jesus wants you to be healthy and rich. I've even heard people say that the cross was all about you being rich. <laughs> I don't know about you, but nobody's gotten rich off the cross or shouldn't have, right? Jesus didn't get rich off the cross. Amen. And so we, we see these in the church, and they've hindered us. They really have. And I believe that it's a time that we really set our sights on what God has for the church and say that we want to be a church here at River Valley Church. We want to be that kind of church that is both blessed and generous, that is both humble and generous. Come on, somebody. Amen. And that's, that's how we view these things, really, because neither one of those worked, because that's not how God builds the church. And I just want to throw this out about a ministry that it's not how much a ministry takes in, it's how much a ministry gives away. I mean, that, that makes a ministry successful. How much a ministry gives, not takes. I mean, when a ministry, some of you have been in other churches like that. You've come out of those churches where they just seem to take, take, take. Come on. And you were the one giving, giving, giving. Right? But how many know a church needs to give, 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 and give away even more? Amen. And so that's, that's what the church in Acts was about, and that's what we want to be about. And, and I've just been moved by this quote, and I'm going to say it probably a thousand times more before I die, and that is we really have perfected the religion of church, not the mission of Jesus. God wants us to get back to that. And a couple books that I've been kind of meditating, reading really in the last year or two that I love so much is the one is from Servolution. It's called the book is called Servolution by Dino Rizzo. And one of the things that he says in it 
actually there, and he quotes from it. I'm going to quote from it. It says, everyone was involved because their passion was to serve others. And that generated an energy that was contagious. I love this quote. He says, when people discover the blessing of serving together, you've got the makings of a servolution. Not necessarily somebody that, you know, the church is talking about riches, but how many know when the church starts talking about serving, our community can change. Our community isn't changed by asking them for more money. Our community is changed when the love of God is seen in the lives of other people that they know, right? And so that's what it's about. I encourage you to read that book. I love that book. But it was a, by a movement that was started several years ago that just started giving things away. And now they just give pallets, fulls and palletfuls and palletfuls of things away all the time. And they've got a ministry that's huge. In fact, when Katrina came and even in 9-11, they were one of the first churches that were called to be on the scene. Because they knew the spirit of generosity and the spirit of giving that flowed in that church. This book that I read recently um, called God's Ground Force. I want to encourage you. And I, I don't promote books really from the pulpit much. But I want to encourage you. This was a, written by Barb Sullivan and her husband John. Uh, were actually founders of Spirit of God Church. Fellowship Church uh, and um, Restoration Ministries in um, uh, Chicago, the south side of Chicago, and Philip Mims and I had the privilege of going there a couple years ago and visiting Restoration Ministries, powerful ministry, and they have over 30 inner city, inner city ministries and, and just been working really hard in south Chicago, and it's been amazing, and uh, one of the things I love that she said in her book, she said, the only important ingredient for both personal and community transformation is a heart wholly committed to God. How many know the closer you get to God, the more you want to love other people? That's the way it should be. Why? Because Jesus said there's two things that we really need to hang everything on, and that is love God and love other people. Is that right? Amen. And so I really believe that. So, but how it functions. Let me just go into this real quick about generosity. Let me just talk to you about it. Well, we see from these scriptures and the principles in the Bible that really it talks, starts with willingness. It's from the heart. And, you know, the Bible makes it clear that we need to be doing things from the heart. You know, we do obey God because He told us to. And in Deuteronomy it says these are commands from the Lord. But how many know God wants you to do it out of a willing heart? God wants you to love other people. Well, pastor said i got to do it. i got to do it, I guess, to go to heaven or something. I don't know. i got to do it. How many know God wants you to do it out of a willing heart? It starts with a willing heart. You'll see that all through the Bible. There's a willing heart. And so, you know, when you, when you move in faith, sometimes you, you say, well, I may not feel it at the time, but I'm going to do it. How many know that's faith? But how many know there's also this willingness that needs to happen? And you say, no, I'm going to do it because I love God and He's told me to love other people. And so there's this willingness that we need. And generosity functions by kindness. It doesn't, you know, just function by throwing money at people or just doing things for religious obligation, but it comes through kindness. And, and through that kindness, you see that you can build relationship with people and it opens their heart up for the gospel. We see this example in the story of Good Sam. I love the story of Good Sam. Good Samaritan for church people. Good Sam, and I love that, how he, just, he didn't just meet this guy's need, the Bible says. He didn't leave him in the road, but the Bible says that he went above and beyond. He gave him extra money. And then he even said, whatever he spends and eats here at the hotel, I'll pay for it when I get back. How many know it's a generous spirit? Amen. Amen. And that's the spirit we need to move in, that kindness, that you just simply meet a need that you see, and then you look for a need that you can meet. That's kindness. And then the, the third thing really is the purpose or the need for generosity. You know, it's not just one thing. We just run out and start giving people money. How many know there's a lot of people that don't need the money? <laughs> there's a lot of people asking for money who don't need the money. Hello. 
There's a lot of people who are asking for things for you who don't need it. They can do it themselves, right? And generosity isn't kind of wasting things. It's not uh, really generosity isn't being reckless or irresponsible. We'll talk about that. But it, it really is meeting a need. And that's what Jesus did. And then fourthly is having the resources. So having, uh, getting to a place in your life that God can bless you with resources, not to hoard for yourself, but that you can share those resources. These are all parts of, of generosity. These are all functions of generosity. We see this in Deuteronomy. He was talking about having a willingness and being kind and showing kindness to those uh, in the land. And then he said, talked about this need that they had and, and then the resources that God would give them, give them or, yeah, to, to meet the need. So, and Jesus said this, it's better to give than to receive. Is there anything wrong with receiving? No. But Jesus said, it's better. It's better to give. Yeah, you can receive all you want to and work hard and, and receive and do this, and do, but it's better to give. It's just better. It's always better to give. That's what Jesus said. It's always better to give. You can receive all you want to, but how many know in order to be a functioning, you know, flowing Christian with the love of God, you don't just take things, you give it away. You don't just, there's just not intake. How many know we need the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, right? We need the intake of the Holy Ghost. But how many know there's an outflowing of that? There's an outflowing that needs it. And that's what Jesus was saying. And so Jesus also said that if you receive something freely, you should just give it away for free. Christians aren't good at this. We're really good at taking things for free. We're not too good at take, giving things away for free. Amen? Amen. Especially because of Facebook Marketplace. We're just, we've learned not to do that. Amen. But, you know, I like this. When we give with no strings attached, it shows that our love is authentic, motivated, not by our needs, but meeting the needs of other people. That's what it means to give with no strings attached. That's what Jesus did. And so the spirit of generosity is, can be summed up by this and, and in these scriptures, a soft heart and an open hand. I love that. A soft heart and an open hand. You know, it really isn't giving recklessly. How many know generosity isn't giving recklessly? It's not it's reckless spending, irresponsible giving, or what I call toxic charity. <laughs> That's not generosity. Is that right? How many know sacrificial doesn't have to be stupid? So while I'm sacrificing, I'm giving everything, I'm just giving my, all, everything away. How I many you know, sometimes you can be stupid in that. <laughs> I'll never forget, and my mom gave me so much wisdom, you know, when I was younger. I was praying before church one day, and, you know, I'd been working, I wasn't married, and, and just, you know, and, and I just was really working hard and making money that summer. And I'll never forget, I, th I was praying, I said, you know, I want to give all my, all my savings. Just give it all this morning. I want to give it all. I just want to give it all. And my mom's like, well, maybe you should just pray about that and pay your bills first and then give out of that. I thought that was really smart since I was getting married. <laughs> my wife heard that, you know, before we were married. She's like, ah, we're going to wait till you get, a, you know, so much. And so, you know, how many know God doesn't want you to be stupid, amen? God wants you to move in wisdom. We're going to talk about that, but not today. Generosity really starts with volunteering, willingness. I'll do it. Okay, it's me. I'll step up. I'll give a hand. I'll lend. How many know it just starts with volunteering? It just starts with just somebody being willing to go, being willing to do it. And so, really, I understand that there, there's a difference between giving to people who don't deserve it and people who don't need it. And we're going to talk about that. And God's going to show you how to do that. How many know the Holy Ghost is going to lead you in how to love other people, right? So be open for that and say, Lord, I, wanna, I want this to function in my life. I want this willingness. I want to show kindness. I want to see the need. Jesus said he was seeking and say, and to save those who were lost. So he was seeking who had the need for salvation, right? 
And then I want the resources. Lord, give me resources that I can give to other people. Many, many times I've seen people in this church, in leadership of this church, that they've received things and they turned around and gave it right away. Man, that really changed me. That's just been such an example to my life that I've seen people get a lot of good things and they turned right around and gave it away. Most of us be like, okay, just give a little piece of it. Just, just give them a little bite of it. No, they gave the whole thing away. And how many know God blesses when you give away? Do you believe in the blessings of the Lord? I do. Do you believe in the principles of giving? I do. I believe in the law of harvest. I believe it. Amen. But how many know it always starts with a generous heart? It always starts with a willing heart. Amen. And I love that about the Lord. And in closing, I just want to say a few things about the word kindness. Because when we talk about generosity, we talk about giving out of a kind heart, giving freely out of a kind heart. And let me just end with this, that kindness is humbly giving of yourself in love and mercy to other people who may not be able to give anything back, who sometimes don't deserve it, and who frequently don't thank you for it. How many of that's generosity? You know, one of the things, if you look up the word kindness in the Greek, it really comes from a word. It means to soften or the mellowing of something that was once harsh. It's the softening of something that was once harsh. And, you know, some of us come to the Lord and our background put us in such a way that we were harsh to other people. We had been abused. We had been taken advantage of. And we, we, just, we thought we learned our lesson. I'm not going to give to people anymore. I'm not going to extend myself anymore. People, I'm just not going to do it anymore. I've been burnt too many times. And we developed this harshness in our heart towards other people. We look at homeless people. Well, they could do something about their condition if they really wanted to. You know, they could, I mean, if they really want, you know, they could just stop just like that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to help them. I'm not going to reach out to them. How many know there's a harshness in our heart if we're not careful? But the Bible makes it clear that this word kindness means softening. And how many know some Christians just need to mellow out? You need to use some kindness in your words on social media. You're a little bit too harsh. But that kindness is when we, when we extend the kindness. It's this thing that really melts our hearts. You know, it's about the gospel. is about how Jesus extended kindness to you who didn't want him, who didn't love him, who didn't deserve him. Come on, somebody. And guess what happened? Your heart got soft. Your heart is soft. You remember the day you got saved? Some of you are real tough guys, man. You never cried. You never showed any emotion. And all of a sudden, you're, you're weeping at the altar. You're crying over this guy named Jesus. Because of softening happened. Because there was kindness that was shown to you. Because that once you know, hard-hearted person, that tough out, outer exterior, all of a sudden got broken into by kindness. And you find yourself just melting. Lord, I... I want to give away now. I don't want to, I don't want to be selfish. I want to, I want to give away. Come on, somebody. Is that your testimony? When Jesus touched you and changed you, something happened in your heart. Man, there was a kindness. There was a softness in your heart. That's, that's the Lord. Amen? Amen? The Bible says in Ezekiel, I'm going to take a heart of stone out of you, and I'm going to put a heart of flesh in you. I'm going to make you nice. I mean, no, that's what being saved sometimes is really about, just being a nice person. You need to be a little bit more nice. Amen. Hallelujah. That's all for the people who are not nice. Anyways, and so, you know, I've realized this, that when kindness is hard to give, I, I need to take some time and ask and stop, stop and ask myself why. Why is kindness hard to show that person? Why, why is kindness hard to, is it pride? Is it unforgiveness? Is it judgment? Is it, is it? Is it these things in my heart that I have against other people? Why, why, what are the things that don't allow me 
to, to allow kindness to flow in my life and, and generosity to flow? Is it because I've been hurt before and burnt? Is it because of bad experiences and I've just been taken for a ride all my life? And is that what it is, Lord? And how many know generosity and the spirit of generosity never dies? People can abuse it. People can use it. People can mistreat it, but it never dies. People have taken advantage of the church over the years. People just come in, and, and I've had people come in and in the church and raise their hands and, and be a part of the church, only to, that the church would pay their bills, and then they're on to the next church and using that church, and then they go to that church, and they go to that church. But how many know our kindness should never change? Our spirit of generosity should never die. It should never be offended by that person. Yeah, it's going to take a while to trust people. That's a whole sermon in itself. But I'm talking about the spirit that's inside of us. Amen? Spirit that's inside of us. And so really it's this, this nature. It's not in our nature, but it's this nature that God wants to do in us. This humble and merciful kindness to people that don't deserve it. But see, the, the thing of it is what's so cool, and I'm going to say this in closing, is that we have been given the most wonderful kindness from God, and that is His Son, Jesus Christ. We've been shown such generous gift of the Holy Spirit. It's amazing and incredible that the Bible says that the fruits of the Spirit are without measure. <laughs> They're just without limit. Isn't that awesome? And so who are we to say, I'm limited in my love. I'm limited in my patience. I'm limited in a, towards this person, that person. I'm going to be limited in this. Come on. I mean, how many of this needs to be our heart? And so today we want to say, Lord, I want to give you my life. I want to give my love away. I want to give my livelihood away that I can let the Spirit of God flow through me. Is that, you, is that how you feel this morning? Amen. Can we stand on our feet today? Amen. And I believe that the Spirit and the nature of the church functions like the Lord. Amen. Let me just challenge you before we leave here today is just want to ask you as a member of this church, how does kindness flow through this church? Say, well, it's up to the pastor. I mean, you know, I mean, he's got to give everything away first. No, you're the body of Christ. We're members of one another. How does kindness flow among us? Well, the church hasn't come up with a group yet that really allows me to be kind to other people. We haven't created a program in the church or a ministry in the church that I could really be generous. I mean, if we had a ministry, I would definitely be involved. I would definitely be generous to other people. I mean, I'm just waiting for the church to create an avenue for me to be kind to other people. I mean, no, it doesn't work like that. We're the body of Christ. We should already be fun functioning these and flowing these things. You don't need somebody to come and, and, and do it for you. The Bible makes it clear that you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you, that this should flow from you. And so if it flows from us as individuals, it should be able to say, this is who we are as a church. And I, I want to just have you ask that question is, do we reflect the pattern of the body of Christ in the Bible? Do we reflect the pattern of the scriptures and, and or, or do we reflect the culture that we're just, you know, kind of mean-spirited and judgmental and we're... We're, we put up walls and we're individuals and come on, is that the spirit of, that should be in the church? It should be a spirit of love and giving, knowing people's needs before they even send a prayer request to the church and, and before they even come down to the front of the altar, you already know things that are happening in their life, not because you're a busybody and a gossip, because you care about them, because you really understand. You know, when we give our clothes to one of those boxes around town, we put our clothes in those boxes and we, we shove them in those little containers and we, I don't like this style anymore and it's like 10 years old and it stinks like mothballs and I'll just give it to the Goodwill and, or whatever and I'll give it to that, put it in that box. I mean, no, we feel good about ourselves. 
And the people that get those clothes, they really need them. They feel good about themselves. But neither one of us were really impacted by that act of kindness. It's when we put the dots together and we say, Lord, we need to start building relationships on the people that we live with. That's where it starts. Everybody wants to be kind to people in China and Africa and, and, and all over the world in India and, and, and give to starving children in India, but very little kindness flows through us as a church sometimes. Can, you, can we just say, Lord, I, I want to be a member that is a catalyst to the body of Christ, that actually really infuses other people, that influences other people around me in the church, that causes them to be generous because, Lord, I'm giving out of what you've given me to other people to meet their need. Amen. Today, some of us have some tremendous needs in our life. We come in this room and we have some real serious needs in our lives. And some of it is just overwhelming. We can't do it ourselves. It takes the generosity of somebody else. And so I want to encourage you to build relationships with other people. Start meeting the needs of other people. And how many believe that God's going to take care of you? I said God's going to take care of you. Sometimes the very thing you need is what you need to give away first. What you need to show first. What you need to live out first. And then God, somehow, he sees that faith, and he says, now I'm going to meet every need. Just like he did in the book of Deuteronomy, he said, you've got to obey me fully first. You've got to have a willing heart towards me first. And so as a church today, we just want to ask the Lord, Lord, can you just show me how I can be used or use me, that, this, that I can just show the love of God flow through, freely through me, this kindness of the Lord, or just freely giving away. I just pray, Lord, that you would show me today. Is that you today? Amen. Do you feel that way? Can we pray together? Lord, I just pray that by the power of your word today, the principle of generosity, Lord, would work in our lives like never before. I, I'm not condemning anyone because I know there's a room full of people that have been over and above, Lord, generous with the OC and, and the projects that we worked on and the needs that we brought before them. It was like incredible. I, I couldn't believe it, Lord. And, and you know that. And you know that you put that in their heart. And, and I thank you for that. But Lord, I collectively as a body, I just want us to just take examination of our heart and say, are we really flowing in the spirit of generosity like they did in the book of Acts where people's needs are met and we're not just depending on a program, a ministry or the pastors to, to do that, but we are taking the initiative as the body of Christ, meeting the needs of those around us, Lord, being the body of Christ. So I just pray that you would help us, convict us, Lord, in areas that we need to be convicted in, Lord. Give us that, uh, really, the regulation areas that we need in moderation that we need to move in and not just be stupid about it, Lord, or foolish about it, but, Lord, that we move in the spirit of generosity the way you do. And we just thank you for it. We give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody said amen and amen. Thank you so much, amen, again, for coming this morning. If you have a need and you came with us maybe or visiting, we just want to pray with you. Right down front here, we have a team that comes and prays. And so if you need today... Uh, we don't want you to leave today without being met. For the rest of us, greet somebody and encourage them in Jesus.